Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Welcome aboard. Episode 15 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you all set to roll. We want to thank our PA announcer, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. So the Leafs are rolling. Back-to-back shutouts over Edmonton in Edmonton. Nobody has ever said that before. I don't think. We've got our staff researching it. Going to play a couple of games. Of course, the obligatory yes guy, no guy at the end of the proceedings today. And our guest will be... Bill Waters, former Leafs assistant general manager, and Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Before we get into the big game, the new game that debuts today, it's called Thinning the Herd, we'll do this. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can become every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap. Sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion. Are you kidding me? $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get into all of the action now that you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's the code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, here we go. The new game, Thinning the Herd. Not meant literally, but it's a way to clear out the room. And I know we've got a large gathering of people here. So I want you to, everybody, first of all, stand up. And if you didn't say this, leave the room. Everybody, let me check. Everybody's standing. Okay, who said that the Leafs would score the first seven goals of the three-game series with Edmonton? Did anybody say that? Oh, the room thins out in a hurry. How about number two? Who said the Oilers would not score a power play goal in the first two games against the Leafs? Ladies and gentlemen, there's only a couple of people left in this room. I don't know how to get through this. And here's number three. Who said Dreisaitl and McDavid would be shut out in the first two games? You know, I, I can't see anybody left. I can hear people muttering in the background, but they're so far back in the room, I can barely see them. Maybe this will finish it off. Who said the Leafs would have success without Austin Matthews. Oh, the door slams on the way out. Yes, the old line, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And who said the Leafs would have success without Freddie Anderson? There's nobody left in the room. 
And this is going to be me exiting because I'm going to make way for our guests. Who said the Leafs would get shutouts from different goalies and they wouldn't be named Freddie Anderson? Wow. That was a room clearer, wasn't it? Well, there's our first edition of Thin the Herd. There's nobody left, and that's the objective of the game. There's no question about that. All right. Let's get into some further analysis now. And you, you want to know how this happened, the piecing together of this. First of all, it's a great game plan. And second of all, it was executed perfectly by the players. But the first thing that I noticed was on Saturday night, Engvall, Hyman, and Mikheyev. That line was superb. They didn't make a mistake. Maybe the odd giveaway, but they were really focused. This is a line that happens because of the injury to Austin Matthews and the ripple effect on the lineup. That line, really efficient, great offensive zone time, great offensive zone entries, great exits from the defensive zone. So we'll explore all of that and what the Leafs are up to with our first guest, Bill Waters, former Leafs assistant general manager. Bill, um, I don't know anybody that would have predicted the Leafs would have scored the first seven goals in two games against the Oilers, and I don't, I don't know anybody who would have said they would have shut the Oilers out in two games. What do we have here? Well, you have two pretty good backup goaltenders. As you, you, if you know the history of Jack Campbell, he was a first-round pick, yep. I think, by the Dallas Stars, or, or uh, as I recall. Never, ever uh, he got... Uh, Played with Dubas at Sault Ste. Marie, where Dubas gave up seven draft picks for him, almost unheard of in the annals of hockey history. But, you know, he plays more than adequately. I've always been, uh, my favorite has always been Michael Hutchinson. Uh, he played junior in Barrie. I met him at a banquet there. I met his parents in Aurelia. I mean, I, I watched him play with Paul Maurice's Winnipeg team. And there's no comparison in the two goalies. That was my assessment, uh, and I was I was relying on history more than present because I think Jack Campbell's done a, a, a great job. But I, I it does my heart well when Hutchinson plays the way he played last night. First nine shots, they didn't get a goal. We got one, as if you want to use those terms, and that was the end of the game. He took the heart out of them, and then they applied what I have been very impressed with is the tactic that they've used to practically eliminate the scoring prowess of the top two scorers in the league. And as I see it, Jim, and you may see it differently, and please jump in, I think that they've gotten to the point where they say, hey, if we can get on top of Connor McDavid in his own end and not give him center ice to play with us, then we're going to have a different outcome, or we're going to have an outcome that may be a little more easily attained and I think that's what they've done they've really paid attention to not allowing uh, uh, Connor McDavid to get momentum out of his own zone and into the center ice because as you know when he gets the center ice to Roman he's poisoned and that didn't happen and there were good chances to score last night I, I mean the first nine shots Hutchinson was sharp as attack and that pretty much deflated them because I think they felt that after Saturday night's game, this would never happen again. And the fact that it has is a credit to the group that have been assembled and a credit to the coach that looks after them and a credit to Dubas for getting individuals that make that defense allow goaltenders who are, at best, borderline backups to play like their number one goalies. And 
It's so important for a goaltender to have protection, rebound protection, boxing out protection, the type of fundamentals that the Leafs never had for at least four years. And now they've got them, and now they're playing an interesting brand of hockey, which is confusing a lot of people at this stage. I'm not sure it'll last forever, but I'm pretty confident it will put them in good stead three months from now. Well, I mean, if you go over the last two games uh, and and write down exactly what the Leafs did, you could do a CSI on Maple Leaf history, basically. But let's, for argument's sake, say the last four years, you will not find what happened in the last two games anywhere in the last four years. This is a team that is given some marching orders, and they fulfill it to the ultimate degree. Uh, it's a game plan that's executed uh, excellently, so the execution is there. But let's give credit to the coaching staff. I mean, this is this is a well-prepared team. There's no question about that. Well, it's certainly better prepared than than anything since uh, since Pat Quinn left. Yep, that's how far back it goes. I mean, the, this team to do what you just described, Jim. Whether they're first in the uh, uh, in the Scotiabank Division or second in the Scotiabank Division or even third, to go into Edmonton with the power that they have in their top two players only, and not so much beat them. But how they beat them? They 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 just they just beat them. They were better from the goaltending on out, and uh, it just uh, it, it it's a surprise because I knew they needed some toughness last night. They didn't have a lot of toughness, but they played a game that with uh, Edmonton as the opponent, they were frustrated and they couldn't change it. They just they couldn't get they couldn't get McDavid and. Uh, company going and consequently he and Dreisaitl were kept off the board and that's an accomplishment let alone winning both by both games by significant margins and shutouts were in order well it's, it's funny how things happen due to injury you know the Leafs have won regularly against Edmonton without Austin Matthews and that has forced some lineup shifts and without Wayne Simmons you wouldn't think they'd be able to do what they did, but but they have been, and that's because other people are stepping up. I want to focus in on the third line, Engvall, Hyman, and Mikheyev. They were superb in the last two games. They did, I mean, they, they just executed perfectly. You're talking about offensive zone time, offensive zone entry, defensive zone exits. They were picture perfect. And they're players that are willing to listen. They, they've, they've come up the hard way from the standpoint of not being a, a number one pick or a number two pick or, or having a reputation of being a great hockey player before they arrive. These guys are all fighting for more ice time. And one player that the least better be careful of, don't let Zach Hyman leave as a free agent. Whatever you do, if there ever was a guy who can play any position on the Maple Leaf forward line and do it well and do it as you just described, He's a leader of the discipline on that team. And his, his ability to chase pucks, to control pucks, to pass pucks, and to put pucks in the net if the occasion arrives, he's a multi-purpose forward who is as valuable to that team, certainly, as, well, those, the three top guys, take them or leave them, the four top guys. Yeah. He'd fit right in. So they're, they're in. They're in for a big payday. I don't know how they're going to 
able to put it under their cap, but they got to get Heinemann signed. They're better off doing it now than waiting until the end of the year so that they can get him at least some kind of a bargain. And I'm sure as a Toronto boy, he'd prefer to stay here. But I, I just, the, the more Hyman plays and the more he plays with or without the big boys, the more appreciation you have for his contribution to that team. Fascinating to watch, huh? you know, the back-to-back shutouts with different goalies. That That is right off the charts. And, and both of them, we talked about them earlier, very superb, obviously error-free if you're pitching the shutout. And, you know, and that's without Freddie Anderson. So that's another developing story. And, and that's that's what you like about this team is people go down, other people step up. You, you can't have enough of or You can't have too much of that is what I'm trying to say. That That's a great element to have going into a playoff series, isn't it? Well, and, and – to have the strength and the depth that they have at defense right now, they haven't had a lot of serious injuries on defense. Hopefully they won't, but they're playing a game on defense that we all prayed for the two or three seasons, get some help. Otherwise all your goalies look like sieves. And now they play a game that's very defensive conscious, very conscious of the guy in front of the net. Uh, when uh, Jake Muzzin was out, uh, the brothers, uh, Kachuk, got a nice tip in for a winning goal. That wouldn't have happened, I don't think, if, uh, if, if Muzzin had been playing. And now they play as a group of six, almost indefinable in their differences. They just play the game the way they're told to play it. And they're following, most importantly, I think, Jim, they're following somebody's directions to a tee. And I'm getting the feeling that it's Sheldon Keith and his staff who are in the orchestra pit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's two sides of this. There's the execution, and there's the original plan, and there's the fact that people are buying in, which doesn't always happen, even though the plan may be correct, right? That's right. You 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 take your chances with a group of players uh, that Dubas uh, has acquired, and you give credit where credit is due. I'm not a big Dubas guy. I don't think he's done very much up until this season, but he got the formula right. He's got the people right. And he's got everybody playing uh, under their coach's direction, which is what you want, because if you make a choice of a rookie NHL coach, you're really putting your reputation on the line. And I didn't know Sheldon Keefe other than one of the miscreants that played for St. Mike's in the uh, uh, major junior A and had the, uh, the uh, rather uh, not unknown, but certainly a difficult agent to understand, David Frost, and all, that's about all the notoriety they got. And uh, as it's turned out, Sheldon keeps done a nice job. He, he's really he's really enhanced his resume so far this season. Uh, I'm going to play a little game here. The best part of the game last night, the best part of the game for me was as the game wore on and Edmonton started to find some space, uh, they got some power plays, but they couldn't score in the power play. I, I thought that was an absolute door opener for an Edmonton comeback. It never happened. That was that was impressive to me. How about you? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I just finished watching uh, the Carolina-Florida game, uh, and Florida got a uh, – they pulled the goal. And Carolina's a pretty good hockey team. Florida's done well, too, but I don't think they're in Carolina's case. Anyway, it's 2-1. to one. They pull the goalie, 
and they snap it in like Jack the Bear. It just tick, tack, and go. And so when they started to get the penalties last night, they being Edmonton, or they being the Leafs, I thought, uh-oh, they've fallen off the game plan. They could get in trouble. But to your point, Jim, they didn't get in any trouble. They had chances shorthanded. They did a very good job of controlling the power play and two of the best players in the game. And it'll be interesting to see if they pull it off on Wednesday and who will play goal. Yeah, I know. And you're asking that for a positive reason. <laughs> that's it. That's so many. Absolutely. And, and you know what I think he'll do? He'll put he'll put Anderson in. <laughs> that would be fantastic. He's practicing with the team. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But when have you last heard a team beating the same team three times with three shutouts and three different goalies? Well, you want to pre- <laughs> I know you want to predict another shutout. Well, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, oh no, I know, but, but it's the, the way they're playing. They're, they're playing the, the game that's built to control Edmonton quite comfortably. I'm not predicting a shutout. I'm not that nuts, but uh, at the same time, I wouldn't hesitate to put Freddie Anderson in that first game in two weeks. Well, I mean, you know, what they're showing us is a team that's capable of winning a playoff series because they're adjusting to their opponent, which is not something they would would have been um, accused of in the past. And we're talking about really good team defense, uh, which is something they wouldn't have been accused of in the past either. So when you watch this team play and we're talking about team defense, what are you seeing that you didn't see before? Yeah, well, you're seeing a lot of – Put passes out of your own zone, safe passes, not a lot of turnovers inside your own blue line. There are there are some when you get to the other team's blue line, and they'll eliminate those because you can see that this team is being taught how to play a conservative brand of hockey that will stand them in good stead when the goals against really count. And I'm encouraged by their defense, by the six guys they're using now, and uh, the Finnish guy in reserve. I'm encouraged that they're playing soundly enough as a group of six to compete in the playoffs with another group of six. I'm not talking about the best group of four in the league. I'm talking about six defensemen that you got to throw over the boards every night in a playoff game. And it'll be interesting to see if, in fact, this group keeps it together and can do the same thing come the opening of the NHL playoffs. Yeah, I mean they just—they're just not giving the other team much, are they? No, they aren't, and they—and—and and they're, they're doing it consciously. They know what they can't do, and so they don't do it. But they do do the most important thing with any defense is a quick exit from your own zone. Reduce the amount of ice time that the other team has behind your blue line particularly when you give it away. They don't anymore. They don't just flagrantly shoot the puck off the wall and hope that it hits the linesman on the forehead and bounces off the back of the referee's helmet and gets out the center ice. They get the puck out with a purpose, and they get the puck out with yeah, it's a, their style of play. It's, uh, it's interesting to watch because even a year ago, we would have talked about the intense negotiations for the Leafs to get the puck out of their own zone 
and uh, that's no longer an issue. They don't give it away. They, they just no. play with the purpose, and I think that's a remarkable change in, in a year's time, and obviously they learned their lesson against Columbus last summer. Yes, they learned a lot of lessons, and there were lots of lessons to be learned. They recognized that you have to get, have a little more veteran strength behind the blue line, and uh, their additions there have been significant. And that's a credit to the general manager and his scouting staff. They, they have repaired what needed to be repaired and now have taught that group, along with the ones they had last year, how to play the game when you have the lead and how to play the game when you're tied at zero. It's the same game. You've got to play with the intent of clearing your zone quickly and accurately, and they do, and they haven't done it in five years. Bill, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Okay, James. I'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Looking forward Freddie to it. Thanks, Anderson. Bill. Okay. Bye-bye. What, what, okay, Freddie Anderson is going to play, right? No, no. I was just going to say, Freddie Anderson in goal. Third yep. game in a row with a shutout. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it'll be an NHL hockey record. Because they don't play three games against each other. Well, there will be a big fuss about it Thursday morning. There's, all I'm going to say to that is I would love for it to happen, but I wouldn't want to watch the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I okay. mean, I mentioned Vancouver. Yeah. There's a good excuse not to watch it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bill. So Bill is a regular Tuesday guest, and we look forward to our conversation next week with Bill Waters. And, you know, just to go over something I was saying there about, you know, if you did a CSI on on Maple Leaf games, when would you find what we've seen over the last two games? And there were hints of it earlier in the season off the top of my head. Then, as Bill pointed out, go back to the Pat Quinn years and then go back further to the Pat Burns years and then go even further back to the Roger Nielsen years in the 70s, the late 70s, and then prior to that, maybe Red Kelly with the pyramid power, but then when you go back into the 60s, you're talking four Stanley Cups. But we're talking about what happened on the weekend with the two games against Edmund. That was every day for the Maple Leafs in the four Cups that they won. I know the last Cup was a little more negotiable because it was an older team, but that was Maple Leaf hockey was team defense, and that's how they won those four Stanley Cups. So what does this mean? Well, maybe headed in that direction. Further analysis now, let's bring in Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Terry, this, this team defense, uh, certainly with this group, we haven't seen it before. We've seen hints of it earlier in the season, but this has reached a new level, hasn't it? It has, and, you know, you chalk it up to maturity, Jim, or, uh, you know, grasping systems that hadn't been grasped before fully uh, a lot of things uh, and you know I think what's most impressive about it is it's it's just these two shutouts have happened to come against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl it's, you know they're all due respect the Ottawa Senators if this was against Ottawa I don't think we'd be as um, impressed by it but when you're shutting out those two players and the rest of the others in back-to-back games it does say something about the, the steps you've taken and uh, you're doing it without uh, arguably one of your top defensive forwards in Austin Matthews and your number two and number three goaltenders, which also should be noted. This isn't Freddie Anderson in the pair of shutouts. 
it's Jack Campbell who comes off an injury after missing four, five or six weeks and Michael Hutchinson, who until about two weeks ago, you didn't have a heck of a lot of confidence in either inside or outside the organization. And here they go. So yeah, you know what, Jim, we'll see what happens Wednesday night when they, or at least others wrap this up, but um, there's something happening here on a different level with this team that we haven't seen before. Yeah. I, I think if you go back to even the talk Friday, when it was, first thought that Austin Matthews wouldn't play and that Freddie likely wouldn't play as well. I think there was some fear there as to what could happen to the Leafs going into this, this three game set and, and seven, nothing over two games is, I mean, you couldn't have predicted that there's, there's no part of that. They could have been predicted. No, there isn't. You're right. There was consternation about it. And you know, at, at that time too, there wasn't, I don't think we knew for sure what was happening with Campbell. Um, you know, it turns out he comes back, aggravates the injury, the lower body injury that he had and uh, suffered in January on the 24th in Calgary. And then, you know, Hutchinson and, and uh, coming in and doing what he does last night. You, you know, the, the Leafs would never rush people back from injury, Jim. That's not the way this team works. It's not the way Kyle Dubas works. It's not the way Sheldon Keefe works. But having said that, when you are getting these performances that you are are now, you can quote unquote take a little bit more time if it's required. And, you know, I don't necessarily think they're doing that with Matthews or Anderson. Um, but, you know, there's certainly not that little thing in the back of their minds now thinking, okay, these guys got to get back because, well, I mean, they do. It'd be great for the team. But as we're seeing by the results, it's not absolutely 100% necessary right now. So, you know, it, it is kind of hard to believe that four or five days later, you're right after there was some of that initial concern. Uh, that's gone out the window. But when the Leafs play like they did over two games, you can see why. Um, it's almost Raptor-like. The Raptors are known for next man up, and, and they played with without some major parts uh, over the course of the last two seasons and found success. And, and recently, of course, COVID uh, sidelined a, a big number of their, their, you know, most of their coaching staff and still found a way to win. And, and that's what I find with the Leafs. It's almost, well, it is. It's next man up, and, and all of a sudden you see different lines, and they click. Yeah, they are, you know, the uh, that Hyman, Engvall, Mikheyev line uh, doing a lot of good energy type things for them. And of course, you know, Hyman scoring a couple of really nice soft-hand goals in the past few games too, which, you know, we don't see out of him all the time. So that's, you know, matching his uh, his determination. Um, but overall, it, you know, you think you acquire depth in the offseason. Uh, Kyle Dubas goes about getting the players that he did and, and you, you, can, you hope it all works. Uh, but I would argue from the Leafs' end, this has probably gone better than, than than they would have thought with all these depth players. The lone exception would be Jimmy Vesey, who really hasn't worked out offensively. You know, keep saying was last week, I like what he's doing without the puck, with the puck, not so much. And uh, But other other than that, uh, the additions that Kyle Dubas has made have, have all fit in quite nicely. And, you know, um, when you see, I don't want to say rejuvenated, but a guy like Jason Spezza skating the way that he is, shooting the puck the way that he is, um, this is, uh, you know, we're seeing the player of probably uh, six, seven, eight years ago now. So it's not just the new guys they brought in. It's those other people uh, that they had before providing really good depth minutes uh, for the Leafs right now. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's one thing to go out in the offseason and acquire players. It's another thing to acquire players that fit. That, and that's what we have here. They all fit, except for, as you say, VC's negotiable at this point. But the rest of these guys that were added actually support and add to what was already there. Yeah, and you know what? Like, a guy like Joe Thornton's, what, what an example. I mean, we, we we're we looking at him when that signing is done and thinking, okay, well, a third-line center, maybe fourth, and maybe he puts Spets on the wing of that fourth line. Well, 
that hasn't happened. And uh, not only has Thornton looked good, obviously, with Matthews and Marner, uh, but now with Matthews out, with Tavares and Marner, that line has done some good things together. So, you know, it, it's, it's it's one example there. And, and um, you know, getting these wins like they are without Wayne Simmons, who is starting to, who was just starting to find his role and coming into his own, um, you know, I think that's impressive too. Uh, you know, it's not just five and five, obviously. The, the things that Thornton's and before him, Simmons, uh, we're able to do in front are able to do in front of the net, uh, create disturbances and this sort of thing. And, and really, I, I feel for these goalies that have to try to look around Joe Thornton on, on leaf power plays because I don't know how they do it. I mean, we're seeing pucks go in, Thornton standing there like a big mountain that he is, and it just you know, goalies can't do much about it, and neither can opposing defenders. But, um, you know, they've all fit in nicely. Uh, you know, Bear Banoff has come in, has come on, and you know, he and Lettinen are a little different, I think, because they they're coming from the KHL and B. Those signings were done last spring before we knew it was coming in the summer and, and before we knew what kind of hockey team they were going to have. But, uh, you know, Lettinen, when he has played, has is, is, uh, fit in well. And, you know, even I got exact Bogosian. Um, you know, yes. which guy were we going to get? The Buffalo, the one that was let go by the Buffalo Sabres or the one that put in some good minutes with the Tampa Bay Lightning and helped them win a Stanley Cup? Well, we know the answer now. And, you know, the one guy I don't want to forget about either in all this is TJ Brody. Um, yeah. The, the, the calmness, the demeanor, just the... You know, Keith put it well the other day. He said, you know, this guy, even if there is a mistake, which is rare, goes back to the bench, takes a drink of water, goes right back out, doesn't care who he's playing against. Everything's the same. And I think he's been a real boost for that uh, defense core. Yeah, I mean, we would spend negotiable time here this year talking about from the blue line in. And in the past, that was a going concern. And that includes the goaltending with Freddie's slow starts and who the backup would be and the pairings and, and just a complete mess, really, uh, from the blue line back in. And, and this year, not even a concern at any point. No, it isn't. And you know what? Here we are. We were worried. People were worried when Aaron Dell was lost, lost on waivers to Jersey. Yeah, what was that around the end of January? Thinking, okay, well, that's a big hole in their uh, in their goaltending depth. Well, Leafs backup goalies are six and one. Um, I believe that Jack Campbell's at nine fifty one save percentage in three games with all three wins, and Hutchinson at nine forty three. So, you know, even if there are these defensive uh, breakdowns, and Jim, there aren't a lot because the Leafs are not giving up a ton of odd man rushes right now. Um, the goaltending's been there, uh, whether it's been Freddie Anderson or Michael Hutchinson or Jack Campbell to 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 stop these pucks from going in. So it's a combination of a lot of things. But the, I think the biggest thing for me is you talk about below the blue line. Yes, you are getting the goaltending, but it's the five-man units. It's the support of the forwards coming back and, and, and right. the, the communication. We just haven't – off the top, you know, the difference in the defense we were talking about, we just haven't seen this type of commitment to it with this Leaf team before that we're seeing now. And that's that's what he well, well, for so many years, we're talking about uh, the inability to get the puck out, the self-inflicted wound and the gap between the defense and the forwards. None of that exists anymore. No, it doesn't. And it, that you know, you have uh, well, when you have when you have a good puck moving person like Morgan Riley leading the way, uh, coming out of the your defensive zone, that's going to help. He can do more of that now when he's got you know Mr. Calm on his other side and T.J. Brody. Um, you know, Muzzin and Hall are both good at it as well. And, uh, you know, when you have a guy like Travis Dermott hitting his ability to do that, playing on the third pair with Bogosian, uh, that is going to be a bonus for you too. But like I say, I mean, it just, the forwards are playing smarter hockey. They're a lot more defensively committed. So when they're coming back and, and, um, 
you know, you really see it, Jim. I think in, in you can't harp on this enough, really below the hash marks in that in the defensive zone, just the support they've got for each other. And the Leafs are, are, have been good to it. They're not, you know, we, we used to look at their stretch passes that they would make an ooh and ah and this sort of yeah. thing. I find now that they're really good at collapsing deep in the defensive zone, those short passes and getting the puck out. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like I said, it's on the shoulders of all five people on the ice. Well, if you think back, I mean, even a year ago, uh, the stretch pass, uh, everything seemed to be built around the highlight reel goal that, that a lot yeah. of times didn't materialize. And that just, that, that doesn't seem to be at all available or even considered this year. No. And you know, they're, they are still getting the highlight reel goals, but it's coming. A lot of them are coming from the diligence on the forecheck and that sort of thing in the offensive zone. And you're right. You're not looking for the, uh, they're not looking for that pretty play that's going to make the highlight reel at the end of the night and probably at the end of the week or maybe at the end of the month. I mean, you know, when you have people like Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner on your team, those things are going to come naturally. But yeah, when they're, exactly. you know, they're they're not looking for it and they're they're getting it done honestly. And again, that's also you know a nice difference in this club right now. Well, let's talk about a couple of things that have emerged nicely over the past, I want to say, three games. Certainly, that's William Nylander, who was, uh, I guess, a, a point of concern and now lights out. What a difference. Why? Yeah, you know, Nylander, I mean, it's always there. The, the talent is there. I mean, you know, Mike Trakos at our place talked to one of his coaches from his past and said, you know, he could be a 50-goal guy. Um, in the National Hockey League, and and that wasn't that wasn't a slam or anything, but just the the recognition of the talent. You know, he gets benched in Montreal. I guess it's almost a couple of weeks ago now for the last half of the third period, and and um, you know, Sheldon Keith said it wasn't really about the effort that night, it was about his adapting to what the Leafs were doing. And you know, we've seen him come back now and be, and be a really good contributor for them. And you know. I, the expectations are fine for him, Jim. I mean, you know, when you score 31 and 68 like he did last year and the way that he did it, uh, he got a lot of goals in the dirty areas last year. Um, you expect that to keep coming. But you have to you recognize, too, that with some of these skilled players, the um, it's not always going to be there every night, you know, every single night in and out. And uh, it's just, it's just a, a fact for whatever reason. And, um, you know, because it's not like, Keith hasn't worked with Nylander in the past. I mean, they've been having these conversations for several years now. And, um, but still, Nylander, what's he on pace now? I think for, I don't know if it's over an 82 game season to be above 30 goals again. So, he, and I don't even, listen, I don't even want to say when he's interested. I think he is all the time. It just, it might look a little bit different, but uh, they're getting their production out of him now that you'd expect it as somebody with that talent level. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, at least you did. So this line, Engvall, between Hyman and Mikheyev, uh, just really technically sound. Yeah. And, and just because it, it's so efficient uh, with the, the entries, uh, the exits, uh, the, the offensive zone time. I mean, they just do everything right. Uh, I, I would be intrigued to see what that line could do. And I don't know that it would exist over an 82-game schedule. But, I mean, that is, that's the original meat and potatoes line, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it is that, and, and really it should have more goals. I mean, just, just oh. the way they're, you know, Ilya Mikheyev. I mean, every oh. game he's on the cusp, Jim, and there's, you know, there's all these great opportunities that he has. So they're getting them. And that's, that's what you, uh, you know, an energy line is going to bring that. You want the energy line to, to keep the other club, you know, hemmed in on the, in their, in the defensive zone. So it gives your top couple of lines uh, something to do once they get out there and, and wear down the defense and all that. 
I think that group is doing that, but they're also getting the opportunities. We already mentioned the things that uh, the goals that Zach Hyman has scored in the past few games and how they're not exactly uh, quote unquote garbage goals. They've both been pretty ones. And uh, Mikheyev, I mean, my God, it seems like every time you look up that line on, on the ice, he's getting some sort of uh, uh, odd man rush. So he, he's going to put the puck in the net, uh, you know, for a big, the size and the speed that he has is, is pretty something. And, and I think the same goes for Engvall, you know, Keith was singing his praises yesterday and, and just talking about how they see a, a real lot of potential there in him. And uh, I do too. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be, I'm curious to see what happens when and if they get back to a full healthy lineup with Simmons and uh, and Matthews up front. You know, you got a guy like Nick Robertson playing on the farm right now um, because there will be some good hockey players that won't have uh, spots. But that third line, if, if Keith can keep it revving like it has been, uh, they're going to be on to something there. Let's uh, end this with a lightning round of uh, sort of an injury report. So you said Campbell has re-aggravated the injury? Yeah, that's what Keith was saying last night. And, you know, the, the way he put it was, it's one thing to go through practices and and all that sort of thing, but the game is a completely different beast. So, you know, we'll see what Campbell goes today um, and, and, and what his status is. And the one thing I will say about Campbell, Anderson, and Matthews, I'm not including Simmons in this because we know he's out a bit longer with the wrist, but um, Keith doesn't seem overly concerned. I asked him last night, I said, is this Matthews injury getting it to be a little more lingering and, and – uh, serious than you might have first thought and he said no he's still day-to-day so they'll know more after practice today and then we'll see what happens for tomorrow night but um you know i think fans should be assured by that that the leafs aren't overly concerned themselves and, and anderson's on his way back right yeah i mean just the way he you know he's, he practiced for an hour on on monday and um you know what's he missing i think four games the lower body so you know, it would lead you to believe that if not, maybe not uh, Wednesday night, then Thursday night in Vancouver. And again, um, the Leafs are in a position where they're not rushing people back. But this this gets a little interesting now with the back-to-back games. Uh, no teams like going with the same guy in that and back-to-back nights if you don't have to. And this is a bit of an oddity for the Leafs, of course, that there's some travel after the game Wednesday night to Vancouver from Edmonton. So uh, we'll have to see. But again, uh, you know, doesn't think it's a concern. Keith doesn't. And if he gets through practice today, okay. I would assume there'll be a net tomorrow night. And if not, then then Thursday. Terry, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jim. Last minute of play in this podcast. Well, there's a time warning from Mike Ross, our PA announcer from Scotiabank Arena. Ross, he does a great job. I want to thank him for that. Time now on the way out to play. Yes, guy, no guy. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, no guy left the room. Not to be seen this week. Yes, guy award number one goes to William Nylander, who has been a force offensively for this team in the last three hockey games. Look out. This guy is alive and well. Willie Stiles gets a yes guy. Yes, guy award number two goes to Jack Campbell and Michael Hutchinson. Back-to-back shutouts from number two and number three. That is stunning. Yes, guy. Yes, guy award number three goes to team defense. Oh, this is great to watch. I mean, you know, you used to sort of gauge Leafs success by who scored the goals, and now it's by who's not scoring the goals on the other team. That's an emphatic, yes, guy! And yes, guy award number four goes to the coaching staff. Hey, look, the players are doing it, but they're given a game plan by the coaching staff, so a complete and loud, yes, guy! Go out to your windows, raise your windows up, and say, yes, guy, for the coaching staff. Well, hope you enjoyed episode 15, and hope you come back for episode 16 on Friday.